Good morning. Happy New Year. Welcome to After the Bell, Mirror Fighters Boxing Show with me, Martin Don, with George Groves and with Declan Taylor. We do wish you a Happy New Year. Please do make us happy by giving the video a like if you're watching. Do subscribe to the channel. If you're listening, please do rate and review. May only be three days into January, but already we had a blockbuster of a fight on Saturday night. Ryan Garcia dropped in the second round by Luke Campbell, covered well to then drop and stop the Brit in the seventh round with a vicious body shot. We will, of course, be focusing on that fight, running through it and talking about what's next for both men. So, George, as I said, Campbell put Garcia down in the second round, left hook to the head, recovered well. Seventh round, Garcia disguised the left hook to the head, dropped it to the body. Luke Campbell took a knee and, and couldn't get back up for the six and a bit rounds we had. What were your thoughts? Yeah, it was a great fight. Brilliant fight to start the year off with. Good to watch. Um, so this was supposed to be Garcia's big step up. Um, I mean, the, the the American commentary was, you know, they're, they're putting all their eggs in one basket. You know, he's got a lot of Instagram followers, so he is the future of boxing, um, which was described numerous numerous times. Uh, comparing the Oscar De La Hoya um, to... You know, at Salt Alvarez, obviously, he works with and trains with now. And, um, you know, he was, uh, I was in, I was interested to see how he's going to deal with someone like Campbell, who prolific amateur, vastly experienced. Um, as a pro, I still believe hasn't really achieved his, his full potential, um, but knows his way around the ring now. Um, teak tough, skillful, big, lightweight. Um, and yeah, I mean, Garcia comes comes into the ring on on a throne, so he's, he's he totally totally backs himself. Like uh, it's in, it's incredible, you know. If you're going to come in on the throne, I wouldn't have the nuts to do it during during a pandemic when you've got like a couple of fans. <laughs> you know, you got I think there's six thousand fans there, but that was their capacity. You probably could have got twenty in there um, wherever they were in Dallas last night. It might have been the bigger venue. I can't remember. So. Um, he's good he's very good I mean he's got fast hands he punches hard um, he's got bundles of confidence which we were told again numerous times in the build up but where it can come to your advantage and where it can come to sometimes it can be a blessing in disguise it's six one half does the other and sometimes you can come unstuck and he nearly come unstuck last night for me Garcia you know um, the pre the pre build up we spoke about last week I said Campbell throws a fantastic bolo shot to the to the ribs. He can change the angle on that, and he can come anywhere. And if the guy is faster than you, Campbell has to punch with him, take his head off the line, and punch with him. And um, um, it wasn't it wasn't long until I felt Campbell sort of half had the measure of that um, that tactic, and the, the the body shots were going in. To use your great expression, Declan, water in the basement. Or you know, you could. I felt like you could see it coming. They talked about Garcia not being like has never been the distance before. Now this is going to have an accumulative effect, and there's such a greenness to him, such a naivety to him, where he just so many he makes so many um, novice moves. I think you know, uh, but he, he gets away with it a lot of the time through his hand speed and being able to, to punch hard and backing himself to attacking those sort of situations. Um, Campbell hit him low, uh, hit him hit him downstairs, hit him downstairs, and then just change the angle, put it right over the top. 
and he went down heavy. I mean, just goes to show he's got fantastic conditioning. Garcia, young, fresh, still pretty fresh in the fight to 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 get up from that so quickly and sort of compose himself. You know, uh, I felt Campbell might have needed to have jumped on him a little bit more at that point. Easier, obviously, of course, easier said than done, you know, but in terms of what was needed, he probably needed to buzz him again in that same round, not let him sort of try and get his feet underneath him. Um, and then from then on, as I say, Garcia, he kind of makes that there's naive. He caught him at the end, of the, I think, might have been the might have been the end of the fifth or the sixth. Campbell kind of switched off that entire round. There was not much coming back from him. He wasn't creeping on him, you know. He wasn't forcing forcing the pace a little bit more with some some, some twitchy movements. Um, sort of allowed Garcia back into this round, and he catches him at the end of the round. And Campbell turns away. Um, on the replay, the shot probably wasn't as bad as what it felt like it was, at, you know, right at that, that moment. Because I thought, oh, he's, he, Campbell's gone here. He's got caught. He turns away. He goes to almost hang on to the ropes. The bell goes. Um, and then Garcia comes out next round. He has a whirlwind 30 seconds. Again, showing maybe a touch of, um, you know, greenness where you know, Campbell's had a minute off now. Uh, he, he sort of expends himself for 30 seconds and then has to back away and, you know, catch his breath a bit. Um, fantastic shot to finish it in the end. He does. He does um, show high, punch low. Campbell was covering from the southpaw position. He was covering up with um, and lifting his elbow up, giving that, giving that um, side of his his ribs away. Um, the shot went in full blooded. One of the ones that, that happens to fighters, and you know, you can tell he wanted to get up Campbell, but he just the the, the air was knocked out of him, and and the fight was over. So. I think we did learn we learned a lot about Garcia. Like, you know, he's um got a fantastic chin to, you know, to a certain degree. Not not something that you want to prove at this stage of your career, but he's got off the deck from a heavy knockdown to get a foothold back in the fight and then um you know turn, turn the table and, and stop Campbell, who you know hasn't hasn't been stopped. You know, he's been in the distance with uh Benares and um obviously Lomachenko and you know some some other great fighters. So it was um, a good test for him. I think uh, Campbell might 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 be gutted this morning. You know, he might have thought that you know he could. He, you know, I know they went out there to believe the camp camp were confident. They had they had a feeling that um, he was going to be able to drop Campbell. And I think he, you know, contrary to the commentary, he had large periods of success, Campbell, and at times, you know, he could he could have controlled and, and dictated and, and and put Garcia sort of in the box, you know, put him in his box where let that youthful, you know, excitable naivety, you know, force his way out, you know, as such. Um, but ultimately it did. Huge, huge body shot went in. Um, commiserations, Campbell, feel gutted for him this morning. But um, you have to tip your hat to, to Garcia as well. So, you know, I wasn't a fan of the, the ring walk, but um, he's got a few more fights before he gets to that level. And then, you know, I'll be rubbing my hands with joy. I love a good ring walk, mate. So, uh, um, yeah, it's interesting. But, you know, he's, he's very interesting. The problem, Deck, with sort of predicting this fight and, and thinking about how it was going to go was that there was so much unknown about uh, Ryan Garcia 
Stewart, 20 victories, 17 stoppages, only 22. Clearly had power, clearly had speed. But as George said, Luke Campbell was the acid test. And therefore, if, if, if you're looking at the unknowns going into the fight, you have to now say, well, fair play, he answered most, if not all of those questions. Yeah, massively answer them in style as well, because obviously you wouldn't have wanted to get dropped like that and that wouldn't have been in the game plan, but it could be the best thing that happened to him in this, you know, that happened to him last night, getting hit like that. He said afterwards, you saw him say to Campbell, I've never even been down in my whole life. So to feel what it's like and then obviously to get up as well, <clears throat> you've got to think he, what, he, what the experience he would have gleaned from that. And also he's like, well, actually it's not that bad. Look, I got up, my chin's good. He would never have really known himself. He would have fancied himself, well, I've got a decent chin because I've never been down, but... That was a big shot he took. Um, and also, he recovered quick. It was like, he was he sort of finished the round on top as well. Um, not so much that it could be a 10-9 round for Campbell. I don't know if you saw one of the judges gave that 10-9 only. It was mad. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a difficult one. I I fancy Campbell, maybe not to win, but certainly it wasn't as big as it was uh, as the bookies made it. But I think he's a real star, and the key thing with him is that you got you can't take your eyes off you can't take your eyes off a minute of it because he's so he got that little bit of vulnerability. He's so in your face and all action that he doesn't really care. Like look at the finishing shot; he didn't. It just sort of came out of nowhere. He thought, oh, "I'll just give this one a go." Um, from the first like twenty seconds, I thought, "Whoa, he looks really sharp, and he looked really big as well." Um, I think he answered all the questions. I do think we need to pump the brakes a little bit or he don't, well, he won't, but obviously at only 22, we've seen that list of fighters at lightweight. I don't know how I would rank him against the rest of them, but there's no rush as well. If he's at 22, you could have another five years before he's anywhere near his best. And he's already a superstar. Like, I don't know if you would agree, but I've never seen that much buzz and chatter about I described it last night as a as a relatively low level fight which got a bit of heat for that but I still think that is the case you know it was a eliminator um you know it's not like a pay-per-view fight not a big but it got a lot of buzz for a 22 year old to do that against someone like Luke Campbell um shows that he's a superstar but then the reverse of that is okay it's a bit like when we spoke about Devin Haney the reverse of that is okay now he's got to go and he can't drop down now. He can't drop down and continue his learning. He's, he's going to be pushed to have big, big fights. And zone, as we saw from the commentary, he's one of their golden geese. Um, I don't think they're going to let him take it easy. So all I know is going to be a fun old ride with Ryan Garcia, only 22. You're talking about another 10 years of this, easy. So yeah, I mean, great performance, great fight. Big commiserations to Luke Campbell. Um, I don't know if he'll have a few regrets himself about how the fight went, but you just got to admire someone like Garcia doing that, just the strength of character and 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 the strength of his chin. People now saying he's chinny, I think is the opposite. He got hit like that, went down and got up and won the fight a stoppage in only the seventh round. I think it was an amazing performance and it's exactly what he needed to prove to the people like me, to be honest, who thought, well, he's a bit more style over substance, but he's both. I mean, everybody banged on about the, the 7 million Instagram followers or, or whatever beforehand as a sort of way to suggest that's all he was. But to have to now be able to say he's obviously still got those followers and then some, and he can do it in the ring, it's difficult to... Well, there's probably probably nobody who can have those two 
things, right? So it's now going to be interesting to see how that comes together. And there's so much talk about, oh, he's the future of boxing. He's going to change the demographic. He's going to you know, lower the age of people who watch boxing. But it's going to be that's going to be part of the interest going forward now to see whether that really does have an impact outside of the people. He's, a, he's just the exact. He's, he's the, he sums up what we're what we're talking about in terms of um, when you know Logan Paul and his brother and YouTube fighters and all this sort of stuff. It's very different now. To you know, even ten years ago, that that sort of currency is massive. He fights on an app. He's on Instagram all the time. He tweets like like you know. He's got a lot of young teenage followers. He's the absolute embodiment of the next stage. As much as whether you like it or not, the next stage of what boxing is going to be like. So I totally agree with you, George. Just you mentioned it earlier when you know, the shot that finished Luke Campbell. He he did bring he brought his elbows up so high, I mean it's almost like rolling at the red carpet then for the for the body shot, right? Mm-hmm. Is that just is that because he fears that left hook to the head so much? Is it just a mistake or, or is that a style thing? Yeah, it it could be a little bit of all three really. It could have been it could have been a genuine mistake. I mean, you never want to give away that much of you know that much of a target to 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 the guy in front of you. I'm sure he would have been conscious of his. Um, left hook which you know is a good shot power shot um, and sometimes it just takes a little bit of bedding in when it's orthodox or southpaw um, and then you know the things that you know you as the southpaw might be used to getting off uh, against you know conventional orthodox some guys they know a little bit more and they they you know they adapt a little bit better um, a Campbell box with a slightly wider stance you know so um Obviously, working with Shane McGuigan, who worked with me, uh, a little bit with David Hay, like um, I was used to like a wide stance. Um, so I don't know whether that's um, – and then I think Shane Shane used to enjoy that as well. And Campbell being a big lightweight, I think they probably said to him, look, sit, widen your stance a little bit. You've got more uh, more range now with your defences because for your upper body defences, don't worry about being too quick with your feet here because this guy is fast. So – your foot, a foot defense is is a little bit more difficult sometimes against a guy with fast hands if you always want to be in a position to punch with him or to just immediately counter um, with your long, uh, long loopy shots, which Campbell does probably better than most of the division. Um, he didn't he didn't struggle to hit Garcia last night. I thought, especially with um, the, the straight the sh- straight or the bent arm right right hand bolos that came came through. Um, time and time again but you always got to be you're conscious of the guy who is going to punch back especially someone like Garcia who's got so much confidence he might punch in a position when you don't think he has no right to punch it's it's like it's a little bit crazy to, but it's like um, I can't think of an example now it's like driving and you think this guy ain't going to pull out it's saying that's dangerous. He's going to pull out. Oh, he's pulled out. Oh, he's got in front of me, <laughs> but he's, he's willing to take that risk because I know he's, he's a naive driver. That's kind of like Garcia at, at times, um, but it, it can pay off and it definitely paid off. And he's got a lot of skill. He's got a lot of boxing knowledge, but know how um, just, just the fact that he shows, he shows high and, and hooks, hooks low. I mean, that might've been a split second decision. Like, he might have initiated that punch thinking it's going to come to the head, but then just know, oh, there's too much target downstairs. I'll just sink it down low. Um, 
top level fighters c- can actually do that you know um, it's just they get their fundamentals right so that the punch starts in a particular position where you can almost just change the destination of it you know um, during the process of the punch um, solid shot I think uh, as uh, you know Campbell goes down he probably wasn't even sure that the fight was over then. It's only until you turn around and you see you see Campbell on the floor, you think, all oh, right, this fight's over. And there was sheer relief on Garcia's face, you know, um, at the end of the fight. I think steep learning curve, you know, getting dropped and getting up, you know, it's, it's all good. He still didn't hurt, nothing. I'm fine, I'm in control. But um, you might have had some, some say, some some real acid tests for him last night. He, you know, learned a lot about himself. Um He's in good company, you know. He's he's surrounded by you know some of the best in the boxing world. So uh, they'll all be they'll all be very impressed with him and very happy with him. That yeah, you know, promoters will never say it, managers will never say it, trainers will never say it. But you know, if your lad gets off the floor to win a fight, you know, it's it is that's a tick that's a tick off the box that you you know you can you can have. I remember. Um, I forgot his name now. Lennox Lewis's um, manager talking to me. Um, that was something Lennox never actually managed to do. Get off the floor and win a fight. And I was like, yeah, well, he'd done a lot of other stuff as well. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, they want to do everything. So um, I was like, yeah, well, better. I think I've been dropped at the time. It's better not, not to go down at all. But um, yeah, um, that's good. That's good to have that ticked off the, the resume for him. I think you mentioned that Luke Campbell might be disappointed. Should he be? Should should he be at thirty three years of age? Arguably, uh, his last chance to to get a third world title shot. Should he be thinking this morning? Sure, Ryan Garcia is very good, but I had you know, clearly had opportunities in that fight to to do some damage, and and I should have gone on to win. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I'm, it's only natural for someone who you know is successful and a, you know a winner like him to to regret certain things, particularly getting, you know, getting caught like that and getting stopped like that from a body shot in a fight where he'd had, you know, he'd had Garcia down over. I'm sure naturally there's going to be regrets, but I'm sure when he reflects on it, he might think, yeah, maybe I could have jumped on him a little bit more. Maybe someone else would have, but then who knows, maybe he would have got chinned coming in, you know, something like that. You can, It's hard, but... I think what what Luke will be thinking now, George will be able to give some insight on this. I'm sure is what you know what what's next for him because, like you say, Lomachenko. I mean, the Linares fight, his preparation was awful. Obviously, the death of his father, you know, just in the build up was, you know, meant that that was totally disrupted. And he fought his heart out. And to be honest, a lot of people had him winning. So there's that Lomachenko. Yeah, you lose to Lomachenko on points. It's you know he it's Lomachenko. But then that one. A 22-year-old rising star in the packed division, and if you lose like that, then you're like, okay, what now? Then what? You know what? There's no excuses. There's no um, there's no caveat. So I think that will be where the regret is. And you think, okay, where does where does he kind of where does he go from here? What? There's loads of fights out there for him. And the mad thing is, is because of the number of big names in that division and the, the assumption that really they're not going to fight each other one after the other, it's not going to be like four kings. There's going to be a lot of posturing and a lot of interim fights and stuff like that. The reality is he might still get a world title shot at lightweight because particularly if Lopez goes up and the, and the belts f- fragment, he might get selected for someone like Haney and things like that because now the Americans know him really well because he's done that against Garcia. So people might think, okay, I want to do one better. I want to knock him out quicker or whatever. You know, you never know. He might, he might end up getting a world title shot at lightweight after, after all that. 
Um, but in answer to your question, yeah, I think naturally he's going to he's going to be waking up regretting a lot of things about last night. Before we come on to what's next, John, now this just might just be me, and I might just be a really bad loser, but <clears throat> afterwards, they're in the, the dressing room, and Ryan Garcia, I'm sure Luke Campbell, he said he's heartbroken, right? Now, if I'm Luke Campbell, the last thing I want, by all means, respect to, uh, to Ryan Garcia, he's done the job, a very good job. But I'm in the dressing room, the last thing I really want, I think, is him coming up for a, for a picture and saying, oh, look, uh, you fought some good guys, how hard do I hit compared to them? And, and listen, Luke was very gracious. There were lots of pictures with Canelo and everything. Maybe I'm wrong, but that just feels like an, an odd situation to be forced into when you've just lost a fight of that magnitude. Yeah, well, I'm a terrible loser. I don't think there's anyone worse than me. I, you know, <laughs> uh, I say about everyone after they've got beat. I'm like, why is he smiling? Why is he this? Why is he that? Um <laughs> But that's just me, you know, and some people don't like that. You know, some people would see me as just, I don't know, a sore loser or just miserable or something. But um, my heart is broken. Like, I am I am in pieces. Um, but it comes out, I mean, he's lost He's lost before Campbell now. You know, he's taking the first time. The hardest time to do something is the first time. You know, he's been beat before. Um, it's kind of like back-to-back losses now with Lomachenko. And... I was I was around Campbell for the Lomachenko build up and I thought he was gonna beat him. Like I I I tried to say like you can beat him, like you you but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to win every second of every round in this fight. You know, you you're gonna have to have the game plan nailed. You're gonna have more pressure on you than you've ever had before. This is is gonna be so intense, but you can do that. I I remember when I had to do it. I remember when I did it against De Gale. I remember when I've done it with Froch. I mean, where every every minute detail you want to be planning and and winning. Um, I don't think he got that off in in the, in the Lomachenko fight, and no one really stood him a chance. And because he got through twelve rounds, um, everyone was like, "Oh wow, what an achievement!" But I was like, "Well, that ain't that ain't that ain't the." In a Campbell, I know Campbell ain't happy with that. You know, he's an Olympic champion. He wants to become a world champion. He's he was he's been on squad uh, the GB setup long before Andy Joshua was. And Joshua comes in, and they both win an Olympic gold medal at the same time. And now Joshua has gone on to unify the heavyweight division. And Campbell kind of got forgot about, never never won a world title. So that man, he was desperate to win that world title. And he still was. And I don't know how he feels this morning, whether he still is this morning. Um, but I'm sure this is like last year, he still had great ambitions to become a world champion. Um, it's tough now because he is, the division's interesting because a couple of the bigger names, I mean, he's already boxed Lomachenko, but he's, I don't think Lomachenko's a full lightweight. Uh, is not a full lightweight. Um and then the other guys are real young guys who are probably going to get better. Lopez might move up, but you've got Devin Haney, you've got Garcia, who he boxed last night. Uh, he's, he, he's in the mix to fight these guys. If he wants to be the B-side and try and cause an upset and, and be an underdog, but who knows if he wants to do that now? You know, that, Does he want to you know, go into tough fights and, and maybe have, maybe finish up his career with a couple more losses on his record, but you know, roll the dice and try and get these guys win, win a world title. Um, 
and earn some money, obviously. But you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking and feeling right now. I know he's setting he's setting up um, a gym back home in Hull. Um, I'm not I'm not exactly sure what, what that is. Whether it's an academy or whether it's a you know a private members club or just something that. But all of a sudden now, his life doesn't seem like it's just about his career in boxing. He's looking to other avenues of you know fulfillment i suppose in life and uh earlier he he didn't there he's got he's got an american um name now as such you know, he's, uh, obviously yeah the longest fight was picked up in the state guys fought garcia put him over um then got stopped but you know they're they're familiar with him now um i would be surprised if he don't fight haney um probably even this year um but you know and there, but what will it be will it be for will it will it be will he manage to get a full world title on the line for it or not will he have to box his way back into that position um we we'll have to wait and see he, he might you know he, he might go down yeah no i won't say it he uh Hopefully, uh, I, I'm not sure how he's going to feel this morning, whether he's going to want to carry on boxing. I, I, I don't know. Um, maybe, like, I'm speaking way out of turn and he, it hasn't crossed his mind at all. And he's like, the desire hasn't left him. Um, he wants to get back in the gym and get training. Um, but it'd be interesting. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be real interesting to see. He also spent, if not all of his professional career, but certainly most of it away from home. Whether it was you know in the states or whether it was down down in London, maybe children, maybe that's that's also going to be a factor. I'm sure. Maybe one thing. I don't know what you think about this deck, but I think the mess that is the WBC is made worse by the fact that I think so. Last night, in theory, what should happen now is Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney. But as you said earlier before the show, Haney was there. And Ryan Garcia, you know, he talks about Javonta Davis, then he asks the crowd who they want, and they say Tank Davis, and then, and then he has some words with Haney, but at no point do you ever really get the feeling that, you know, uh, Garcia particularly wants that fight. So I think Haney had another mandatory in Javier Fortuna, or some sort of, that is there. So maybe uh, Haney fights Fortuna, Campbell fights A and other, and then that could, because he presumably needs a win to then go and fight for a world title. And if, if Garcia Haney's still not happening, if Haney's not fighting any of the other champions, maybe George is right at the end of the year, Luke Campbell somehow, by the roundabout way, gets a shot at Devin Haney. Yeah, I, I, well, this this division in particular, where there's a lot of big names, and also, like, it was mad, wasn't it? Because you had Haney in the crowd, they're both on the zone, they boxed, I think, six times as amateurs. He's fighting for. Uh, in what is it effectively a glorified eliminator for that belt? But even in the interview, he's like, "Oh, Devin, you know, I see. I'll fight you some point down the line." In the interviews, in the build-up to the fight, he said, "Oh, yeah, well, I'll fight Devin Haney at some point." But, but you know, they're basically mates. Um, I don't see that fight happening next at all. And then he keeps going on about Tank. I don't know if he knows that that fight won't happen, or whether he's been told to say it. I don't know. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Campbell gets. Um, for want of a better word, sort of recycled for one of those guys. I mean, it depends on how you rate the WBC regular type, regular title these days, you know, the actual one rather than, because, you know, for me, Lopez is a champion of WBC, but actually if you look back at the, the potted history of it, he's not really because Lomachenko vacated the belt and whatever. It depends how you stand on that. But yeah, for me, there's opportunities for Campbell still. Um, also, there's guys like James Tennyson, 
And there's even like Lee Selby. I mean, Campbell Lee Selby for me is a classic like chief support on a Joshua undercard sort of thing. That's what you would have seen in a full, you know, a full stadium or whatever. Is that is exactly the sort of fight that Matchroom will be looking at. But yeah, I think I think you're not beyond the realms of possibility to say that. Um, I don't know if we're just cynical now as boxing fans, but the idea of Davis and Garcia and Haney and stuff actually boxing each other with you know regularity is for me seems absolutely impossible but I hope I'm wrong maybe I am mm. I mean of course you have the promotion issues with, with Davis Garcia as well I, I, I suspect you're not wrong and the, the problem is you know either you're too cynical and you don't you say it's not going to happen or you build it up and build it up and build it up and it never happens and just just a waste of time like, I think you just have to be realistic in our expectations. But the question, you know, Garcia's got to fight somebody. So who does he fight? And, and, and surely he can't take a step back from it. This is the issue. Once you make that up, surely you've got to at least maintain it, uh, maintain that level. Yeah. And, but the, the thing that we got on, our, I saw a list of their ages and like, I think, well, he's 22. I think Haney's 23, Davis 26, um, Lopez 24, is it? Whatever it is. So they can't avoid each other for 10 years. You know, that, that it will happen, but I just wonder whether... I, and maybe as well, maybe the zone now, because they have to, in this day and age, they have to get subscribers. Maybe they're going to be the ones who put pressure on to make these fights happen now and not marinate and stuff like that and not look for build it up so they get big hit on pay-per-view. They're just like, no, we need, we need fights. We need reason for people not to cancel their subscription. So we've got to deliver fights and we've got to push our guys into them. So that might be how how it plays out. Um, I I really hope so. I really hope so. George, I know I ask you to, to pretend that you're every fighter that ever fights and, and tell us what they're thinking, but, you know, if you're Ryan Garcia, what is your thinking now? You know, he obviously, he says he wants Tank Davis. Part of me just thinks he's not daft. He knows that's a difficult fight to make. Or is he just so youthful and naive and exuberant that he just thinks, yeah, I can and will fight anyone I want? Um, maybe, maybe, I mean, this will, yeah, this is a different, a different era to <laughs> different generation to me. I don't know how these fighters think and feel. Um, they, uh, it might, it might be strategic, but it's just like, I'll just attach yourself to this name that, that ain't going to really come through. Cause then, you know, you can talk about, he could, he could have, the Haney fight could have been done and dusted in terms of the build up last night. They're both near me. They're both signed to the zone. And then it's a foregone conclusion. And then when it doesn't happen, you know, um, someone's going to point the finger and it's who who's going to take the blame and maybe, you know, Garcia's edging his bets with, I can, you know, if I, if I call out um, Javante Davis and it, it don't happen, then that's his fault. I've, I've, I've staked my flag in the ground. I want it to happen. But yeah, it's going to be tough. These guys are young. You know, you're going to, you can't drop down a level. Uh, how, how many guys are there out there who will want to take this fight, you know, with these guys at this period because they've got ambitions themselves, but you got to keep them busy. You got to keep them busy. I mean, if you're know, 22, you should be fighting. You can still be fighting four times a year, easy and not, not burn out. So you don't really want him to be dropping, um, two, one or two fights a year. Like, like he's full, full established league. Well, 
world champion level. He's still got a lot of learning to do. I mean, that's that's what I took from the fight last night is exceptional talent, but I still think he's got a lot of learning to do. Um, and that, that's kind of the way to get that would be just rounds under your belt. Just get some more some more tests. Not every fight needs to be a test, um, but you can sort of mask that if you're going to fight four times a year because you might only have one real big fight, maybe two. The other two might just be tick over sort of former, you know, big names, but past their best, that sort of thing. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to match, match these guys. Um, but uh, yeah. And that's why, that's why though, isn't it? That Luke, someone like Luke Campbell still has a value because there's four of them now there who all need opponents. They can't fight each other all the time. They won't, but they're that young that they need to be boxing regularly. So someone like Campbell, you know, like a world level lightweight that now they know in America and they've got a clip of him dropping Garcia. He's perfect. He put, like he's still, he's still very valuable in that division. I think to the zone in particular. As as an opponent as well, um, I just try and sympathise from a, a fighter's point of view. They will they will see that Campbell got stopped with a body shot last night, and they'll be like, they'll probably um, diminish all the other elements to the fight that makes Campbell a dangerous opponent, a real dangerous opponent. You're thinking, well, you know, hit him downstairs, you'll go. So that's why Campbell will be top of the list for them other guys think, yeah, I'll, I'll have a crack at Campbell. You know, as you say, they might go one better than Garcia. Um, I'm sure Campbell, hopefully Campbell are ain't offended by me saying that, but that's how, that's how, that's, that's the fighter's mentality. Um, so it makes him, gives him a tiny bit of value as well. Um, and as long as, as long as that's what he, he doesn't mind doing, he doesn't mind being the, the away fighter and trying to cause an upset. Then he's got he's got he's got plenty more fights left out there for him, and definitely got you know an opportunity to fight for a world title, um, as 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 you guys say, because you know the the belts might go free, and there's he's in the mix, like he's in the mix even after a loss. How you talk about becoming an opponent with maybe the, the potential offer of a world title shot down the line? I guess before that ever became a a possibility for you but how much does that play on fighters minds like the idea of no longer being the A side or, or having to be branded as an opponent Look at, looked at by people as someone who you're right I can go one better than someone else rather than look based on simply the fact that they're good yeah well it's, it's tough it's tough it's tough I remember I think when I lost to Barry Jack that's probably the closest I got to it um, where like oh he's challenged for another world title oh, I didn't quite fulfil it you know didn't quite get there now people are, you know, is there prospects there looking out, looking at me as a name? I remember um, it was with Callum Smith, still relatively green. Was uh, Eddie Hearn was attaching him to me like I was some sort of stepping stone? <laughs> is that all right? Um, and then I ended up fighting uh, Martin Murray, um, and then being back in the mix to fight, fight for a world title. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was I was still pretty young then. I was like mid mid twenties, but at Campbell's age now, thirty three. Um, a few losses on his belt. He's been boxing a long time. He's been boxing since a small child. Um, different, different sort of predicament. Um, I'm not sure. Like maybe if, if them guys that them guys that can stay fit, stay healthy, stay motivated, um, stay in the gym. As long as as long as the purses are reflective, you know, um, and worthwhile, then 
I don't see why they can't um, stay in there uh, and and wait to cause that upset. But Campbell, and Campbell's a you know he's probably the top of the list when it comes to them sort of guys who in this situation now where he's coming off the back of another loss, um, is he going to be a gatekeeper to the to the world? Well, to the elite of the lightweight division, um, he's still a dangerous guy. Dangerous guy. Um, so we can see. And you wonder, you wonder as well with like, have DAZN got the money to be paying two effectively two A sides in say Haney and Garcia, who both um, big earners and big pro- can they afford to put them both in? I don't really know the ins and outs of it. They haven't got a pay per view platform, so it's not like they can subsidise it like that. They just got to get the money from somewhere. So really, I would assume they'll be looking at for now getting guys in who are a bit cheaper at the B side, being a bit cheaper, the opponent being cheaper, and then. Um, Otherwise, how does it work? I don't. I don't understand how they can possibly make any money and stay in business. But mm. um, I'm sure Cam will get well paid, and they're still getting well paid. There's even people like you know, like George Cambosos Jr., the one who beat Lee Selby. Like people like him, going to be reasonably cheap, desperate to make a mark. There's enough guys um, to keep the to keep the, the big big names away from each other for now. I I think, and that's what and that what might work in Campbell's favour. It would be interesting to know how much or what sort of impact Ryan Garcia fighting on his own has to their subscription because I can't imagine people get really excited with all due respect to Devin Haney fighting you know nobody's rushing to subscribe to the zone to watch him fight at least compared to to Ryan Garcia so I know Devin Haney's the champion in theory but maybe the pressure needs to be on on him they need to go to work on Devin Haney to say this is your this, this is your best chance I know you're the champion but maybe this is your best chance to to be more popular. Mm. Yeah, well, it's, being a subscription channel, it's just to go back to how fights get made. The big fights in the UK for the last five or so years has been a percentage of profit. So it's very easy. You go, how many people have bought this fight? They've paid the pay per view. How many tickets have been sold? Um, this is how much it equates to. You take off the uh, expenses and then you divvy up the rest, right? But how do you do that now with the design model where, one, you can't sell any tickets, so you can't make any money on the gate, and two, how do you measure what the fight has brought in? Even design, I, I, I don't know how they would measure what this fight has generated, especially if like they're selling you know, a, a year's subscription you know, uh, at a discount rate. And you're like, well, I'll, I'll pay that. I'm a boxing fan and we see what comes along. Um, there might be some sort of way of working out, oh, how many people subscribe before the Alvarez fight or before a Garcia fight or whatnot. But it's not precise. So now it's back to that old school promoting where promoters have to go, okay, right, well, we're going to pay you this much, we're going to pay you this much. You know, They roll the dice on whether it makes money or not. Um, I can think that it's a long-term plan for the zone because um, it's, I mean, even for the UK, it's so cheap. It's just so cheap that it, it doesn't equate to um, what's out there. And the, the, the panic for me as a, as a, as a fighter would be, um, and now as a, as a boxing fan is like, What's going to have? Is there going to be any compromises? Is it going to be on quality? You know, are we going to now just have, you know, there's going to be no ex, you know, there's going to be no big build up, you know, there's going to be no documentary series that are put together that, that 
of, of that level um, and are the fights going to be able to get made because, you know, we're going to have more subscriber-friendly fights that might not necessarily um, cut into, um, you know, the actual elite of the boxing world. Um, fascinating observation yesterday. Correct me if I'm wrong. There was no female boxing and no heavyweight boxing on the card last night in the States. <laughs> Um, which, which, like, as a British boxing fan, now is bizarre because when have we ever seen um, a show that isn't almost half subsidised by? Um, you always get we always get one or two female fights now, but certainly a bunch of heavyweight fights. It's great to see that um, they're exploring this other abstract um, idea of other weight divisions and a heavyweight division in the States. They've, they've sort of kept, kept that going last night. Um, and some quality boxing on the undercard as well. Really enjoyed it. Kudos to Eddie Hearn, if Eddie Hearn did it. I don't know. Um, uh, brilliant. Couldn't, 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 couldn't think that of anything better. Fascinating. I really wish I could announce Steve Allen's or uh, the other lad, Alan Bouch, fight, next fight live. Yeah, great. <laughs> Instant reaction. One day, one day, I'm going to just bring him in uh, without you knowing. Just slip Alan Babich in, and we'll, and we'll have a nice. Uh, I like Babich. I like Babich. One day, I'm going to walk down the street. And I'm going to get hit with a barrage of low quality punches, and um, I'm going to be like, "What's going on?" And this Martin set me up, and it's, I'm getting assaulted by a heavyweight prospect. What I did, what I did like a lot in the uh, in the. Um, Broadcast was the interviewing of uh, Ryan Garcia's dad. I'll just leave it there. I won't mention anything. Else. I won't mention <laughs> get, get more uh, parent interviews going on. I reckon. But imagine if a man had asked the mother. It wouldn't be so funny, would it? No, just not funny. <laughs> I'm not. Sad. I'm not laughing. <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, the loop. oh, I didn't see it. Oh, I didn't see it. I'm not the loop. Oh, I'm gonna say, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, just, just go on Twitter, Kate Abdul Garcia. That, that'll probably bring it up. <laughs> on that note, uh, actually, a couple of quiet weeks ahead in boxing after a good start to the year. A few quiet weeks. We may or may not be back next week. We, we're working on a few things. Um, if we're not, and we'll definitely be back to preview January thirty. That's the one. Josh Kelly, David Avenition, another cracking fight actually this time in the UK. Please do join us then. If not before, as I said, give the video a like, the channel a subscribe, or if you're listening, a rate and review. Thank you, Declan. Thank you, George. As ever, take care, and we'll see you soon. Bye.